Good evening, guys. This is Julie, Julie in the Red Jeep Girl, and I am so excited for you to be joining me tonight. It has been roughly two weeks, a lot has happened, and I'm going to reserve those things for the end of the show tonight uh, because they are personal and it's family related. Uh, but for now, I'm going to give you guys an update on what's going on with the Red. And we're also going to do an overview of uh, the amount of money and sweat equity and everything that has gone into the revival of restoring a 2003 Ford Mustang. Um, I will get into that in a little bit. Uh, I had another snafu, which um, it's kind of a... It happens, and sometimes you know you're you get you were you're told about it ahead of time. But I was not, and I didn't know. If I had known, I wouldn't have taken my car out of town uh, to do a delivery on an item and come straight back home. And I got not exactly stranded, but essentially I had a friend come and pick me up and get me and my car back home. Um, so what we're going to discuss, sorry, my volume was up on my computer. So what we're going to discuss with that is a, I had, I did not know until a later time that the install bolt for my power steering pump, you stick a bolt in the shaft on the power steering pump and you push the pulley onto that and then you counter, counter wrench bolts to get the pulley seated onto the shaft and then you unscrew everything off and the pulley is supposed to sit on that shaft and spin and well when uh, the install was occurring I was not there for that part the bolt broke off and it seemed to have seated just fine the bolt breaking off is not that big of an issue it happens all the time but what we didn't know was that the pulley hadn't seated all the way so this is an error to look out for um, when you are taking your car in for pulley work or pump work because a lot of the pumps have pulleys on the front of the engine and that's where your serpentine belt goes, goes and um, your serpentine belt helps to rotate those pulleys to run the pumps to get the coolant to where it needs to go to help adjust with to help with the functioning of the thermostat and everything it all ties in with those pulleys so with that pulley not being completely seated, it shredded a section of my serpentine belt. And uh, when that happened, it sent uh, serpentine belt debris into, uh, it wrapped it up behind the other pulleys because they're going to spin. And so as long as the serpentine belt is on them. So it wrapped it up around the crankshaft pulley, AC clutch assembly, Oh man, a few others, the power steering pump pulley, uh, there was a lot of debris I had to clean out, and the the belt, uh, it shredded one or two, two rows of the, uh, mm, it shredded two rows off, because it, it kind of looks like very smooth tire tread, I'm trying to think of another word, it's corrugated, uh, in a way, and so on the inside of the belt, so... Uh, I'll do another episode where I have a serpentine belt that I can show you guys. And welcome to Facebook if you are just tuning in. This is, I am also recording my podcast. Gotta make sure it's recording. Yep, it's recording. 
and um, we are discussing uh, the power steering pump pulley and the serpentine belt at the moment. So I got all of that cleaned out and we'll and I got a new serpentine belt for it. Thank you, Jonah. And we will uh, we have to get a new install tool to help install the pulley properly onto the shaft. And so with that tool, we'll be able to make sure that the pulley seats completely and exactly as, as possible because it's off by like just a sixteenth uh, from the other pulleys. Like if you were to look at the side, all of the pulleys should line up perfectly so that belt that belt is going to run around all of them and not cause any like a uh, back and forth wobble or anything because that can do a lot of damage. So uh, once we get that install tool, we'll be able to put the pulley back on and my car is good to go. Um, the thing that happened before that was that, you know, I told you guys I didn't know why it died. We thought it was maybe a battery or fuse or whatever. Uh, we tested it. The alternator had died once again, and that was an alternator that we had purchased from a scrapyard. It was $60, and that was kind of how this whole show started out, was getting a new alternator for the car. So we have a new alternator on it. It was a remanufactured Duralast, so we got one with a good warranty on it through AutoZone. I am not affiliated. That is just where I buy my parts. And so that is, um, that's where that part came from. And we got it installed and everything as far as the alternator and the battery and the power and voltage between those is going great. It is running phenomenally in that aspect. But until I get this pulley reseated, uh, I will not be driving it. So that's going to be like just a couple of days. So no big deal. Um, it's it's a it's a surprisingly quick fix, but what this made me want to bring up is how do you check your pulleys, and how do you know that a pulley is off other than just the visual? Well, in the upcoming episodes, I'm going to either take some pictures or find some videos to share with you guys. That's going to help us to determine and diagnose a pulley problem in your vehicle. And also, I'm going to do a basic fluid check over where to find these, the indicators under your hood to check your oil, your transmission fluid, your coolant, your power steering fluid, and I can't think of what else. And so, uh, I just want to make sure that you guys are doing those things safely and that you're learning about your car properly so you are able to catch mistakes either that you yourself did or someone else did to your car. Uh, it's important to catch those things because it keeps you safe, it holds people accountable, and if it's you that made the mistake, you will, you will learn from it and you will learn to do better from here on out. So that is my hope and my wish for you. So... Um, yeah, we got an alternator. We went ahead and went with a 110 amp alternator because I do want to change the stereo. I am going to be adding a reverse camera to it with a, what is that brand? I can't even remember the brand right now. Uh, hang on. Uh, no, I'll get it later. I'll get it later. We'll save that for another time. 
but I, because I do want to have a little bit meatier of a stereo system, sound system in there and add a few more electrical gadgets to it, uh, the 110 amp is about where I need to be with this car. So, and I even noticed when I drove it that my dash lights were brighter everything was brighter which was great i i didn't think that that mattered too much before because the one before was a 95 amp uh it was a 95 amp alternator and so we went with 110 amp that's plenty of power uh it's gonna be great and then what was the other thing oh yeah so uh, i had talked in the last episode about things to keep in your car and since I'm doing Facebook live right now I am gonna show some things and I left the other thing out in my car for good reason it's a tack life a rechargeable battery jump starter for your car it comes with the battery cables that go on the terminal post to your battery but this thing you can charge it either in your car or at home and it, it is a you know it's a portable battery essentially that you can charge phones off of you can jump your car with it's called tack life i got mine on amazon for 59.99 and i absolutely love the thing because it's already come in handy to do tests and stuff uh i am i am very satisfied with this purchase and i advise anyone and everyone to keep one in your car because someone is not always going to be there with jumper cables to jump your vehicle so that's you know, if you're going on long road trips or even just across town, um, it's good to have those kinds of tools and, and things with you in your vehicle to keep you safe. Now, the other two things that I have with me immediately is Husky Lights. Um, I Again, I'm not affiliated, but if they see this and they want to affiliate me, that'd be great. Um, this one is just a little headlamp. It is very, I'm going to flash the camera, Woo! It is very bright. It's a headlamp. These are great to have. It's good to keep one of these in your emergency kit in your car. Like you can, that's bright. That's, oh, look at my hair. It's so pretty. Yeah. Now, this is great, right? Well, my friend gifted me a 600 lumens Husky flashlight. Check this out. 600 lumens by Husky. Isn't that pretty? So here we go. We're going to do the test on it. Let me find the on button. Okay. So just so you guys can see, I'm going to tilt it down so I don't blind you. It's good. The light's going to come out here and here. Here we go. Look at that. Look how bright that is. That is, that is blinding. <laughs> I'll just do it at an angle. It is very, oh, it is very bright. And then the other thing, oh, <laughs> The other thing is, is you turn this off and it just goes to, it turns that one off, turns that one off, and then it, uh, for those listening on the podcast, it's got a light on the side of it and the regular flashlight on the front, and then we're going to turn it, turned it down a shade or a notch, and then <laughs> I just blinded myself, I forgot about that one. And then it's got this one. It's super blinding. And so you can hang it as a drop light. Oh, hi. Uh, you can hang it as a drop light or you can use it as the standard flashlight. Like that. 
was very bright. I gotta be careful because I have sensitive eyes, but yep. Look at that. Very pretty. Oh, it's. Oh, look at that. That's pretty hair. And off. So, yeah, those are two things that. One of two things. You could have both in your car. Um, I'm of the mind that you can never really have too many flashlights. Uh, next up is to. This is like a very vain thing, but if you've ever had knee injuries or anything like that, um. You want to keep your knees healthy and you if you're stuck on the side of the highway and you're having to change a flat or you're having to work on your car where you're having to get down on the ground i definitely advise you to get some gel zone or gel insulated knee pads the mine have a rugged uh i forgot what that's called like kind of that plating like on trailers and stuff you want to have a set of these knee pads in your car um it, especially if you have if you've been rough on your knees or anything like that whether it's construction dance whatever reason um my right knee has gone through a lot of damage from marching band color guard dance to being in two different wrecks where it really messed it up and so uh you want to be able to take care of your joints as well uh and so you can still work on your car safely and health healthful healthily healthfully i don't know uh one of those words so uh those are just a few things that i wanted to talk about now the next things that we're going to discuss tonight is what has been the cost of my car up to this point with restoring this vehicle what has it been for my own time and my own money or my parents helping me out and me paying them back what has it taken to get the car, my car to the point it's at? Okay, so here is the list, guys. The very first thing we got was a new fuel pump at $179, I believe so. I'll double check with my dad. The next thing that we got was new tires, which was $350. Uh, the headlights were $129. The brake sensor spade, what connecting spade was three dollars. It's not bad. I've done two oil changes, so twenty dollars on each of those oil changes, and I've done those oil changes myself. Uh, spark plugs and wires. The wires were twenty three ninety nine and seven eighty nine a piece for each spark plug. Brake calipers were one hundred and sixty dollars, and that also included the lines that got cut because when someone did the brakes the first time they pinched a hose and whenever the caliper tightened it was cutting into that hose causing the brakes to fail so glad that was one of the very first things that we found and we fixed uh, as of right now we just have to do our regular brake maintenance uh, let's see up next is the new battery that cost me $150 the rack and pinion with the power steering pump for a total of $300 uh, the thermostat and gasket was $18 in cosmetic wise. We have a gear shift knob at $60. A, uh, let's see here, do, do, do. the door insert repaired. I had some E6000 uh, temperature flex sealant. So in high temperatures, it's, it wasn't going to get brittle and deteriorate. It's going to hold the harness onto the door panel insert. So I didn't have to buy a new door panel insert. Um, that was just sweat equity and about, I don't know, 
like this much of a squeeze out of a tube of E6000 on the flexible heat sensitive uh, glue. And then up next was, where's my other sweat equity? Oh, oh yeah, I restored the third brake light and I cleaned off the bulbs before installing them. Um, we have also done, we did the gear shift knob. Okay, we've done, okay, so that's what we've done so far. As long as, as well as cleaning and, and detailing the inside of the vehicle when I first got it, because it was pretty dirty. There was a little bit of smoke damage that I've been cleaning out bit by bit. Um, so all of that combined, that cost combined is $1,778 is what I have invested into this car so far, so far for the restoration. My, my goal the first year, and I am almost at coming up at the first year, was that I wanted to edify myself and relearn as much. Oh, rack and pinion, the, the alignment had to be done. But back to what I was saying, was I wanted to edify myself, and I wanted to get as much done as, as possible maintenance was on this car because there is no point in a car looking beautiful shiny while still being practical if it's not going to run well and it's not going to be reliable we have shaken as just about every single bug and issue out we are we are down to we are ahead of schedule even though it hasn't felt like it to me we are actually ahead of schedule on the maintenance with this car and that makes me thrilled to no end um getting everything sorted with this vehicle i absolutely love it it makes me so happy to be working on it and hopefully after the routine maintenance finally we are at routine maintenance and the rest is just um everything else is good it's just a well if it needs it it will get done eventually and i can start focusing more on the cosmetics so for the maintenance that i want to knock out but is not an absolute it's not an immediate right now um after taking a further look and especially with doing the the coolant flush the radiator is good for now the water pump is great for now the ac compressor is good for now uh knock on wood um but we still gotta do our coolant temperature sensor now that we found where it actually goes in this vehicle uh i'm going to be replacing the gear shift handle bezel updating the backlighting and gauges to blue and white on the gauge plate, um, updating my seats, uh, pretty sure I'm going to have them custom upholstered, the center console update, wiring in heated seating when I do the seats, adding undercarriage lighting to the exterior, custom seats with, sorry, I say custom seats, relining the ceiling, and I might possibly be doing the the galaxy ceiling the only thing that makes me nervous about that is you have to you have to punch in every single hole where every single fiber optic string that's going to be shining light into your headliner you have to do that bit by bit and that is a very tedious job so if I do that I'm going to be going to be doing it with the help of someone else I don't feel comfortable doing this entirely on my own so the next thing after that would be 
uh, finding new rims. I have the original rims that I came with, but they are looking a little old. And when I first got them, they were caked in rust and just a lot of damage from sitting for so long. And so I used, I used Goo Gone as a cleaning agent. I didn't use that to shine the rim or the wheel. Uh, I didn't use that to shine the wheel and I didn't use that to blacken up the side of the tires. You don't want to use an oil on your tires or on your wheels unless it is acting to help an abrasive clean off damage or clean off dirt and rust. Uh, and then you want to wash it with soapy water and then add a protectant. Um, you don't want to leave oils sitting on certain metals uh, and components on your vehicle. Uh, one of the things that makes me cringe the most is seeing people use um, boiled linseed oil to shine their car. There's technically, in some ways, there's nothing wrong with that, but if you leave those rags laying around with that linseed oil on it, it can cause it to spontaneously combust. So unless you know what you're doing, I, can, I will never recommend anyone to uh, shine their car up with linseed oil. It's just not safe. It's not good for the environment. It's not good for your lungs, and, it's, and it's, it could cause a fire. So do not, do not, do not, do not do it. So, oops, I knocked that off. Um, so up next is, okay, I said the wheels. Uh, we'll do a deck lid blackout, which is a piece of vinyl that's going to look like, um, it's kind of like a car wrap, but it's just going to go over the trunk area around the license plate, and it's just going to black it out to a matte black finish. I thought about doing the taping and sanding and just painting it, but these decals uh, are very adhesive. They are they are a little bit overcut to size, so that way you can fold them over and get a seamless look. Uh, and then I'll do a black decal on my reverse hood scoop. I'll replace the cow vent grill on the front. Um, I'll do the Mustang inlay lettering on the bumper because it has, uh, I wouldn't say embossed, whatever. It's like pushed inward to spell Mustang on the bumper. It's not pushed out. So I want that, uh, I want that to have the black lettering inside of it. And then um, also do a black rear valance. And then uh, I'll do an undercarriage detail. Uh, the battery box instead of a tray uh, just to help with debris and everything it keeps the battery safe and it keeps the wires protected um, I was looking at that because I thought oh that's pretty and it makes your engine bay look good but does it have a practical use because if it didn't have a practical use I'm not going to invest it into my car so with a battery box and instead of just the tray you're protecting your battery from wear and tear and oxidization and everything with the wires um, it you you do need to have airflow in some areas uh, so as to not cause overheating but for your standard battery box it's gonna help uh, just protect the battery and the wires and everything that goes into your car hello everyone thank you for watching uh, and then the final thing the final thing I will do is I'll do the engine dress up this next year I'm very excited and I have a cat somewhere that's trying to trip me up a little bit um so we have so right now we're at the engine dress up 
uh, is what I said, but as of now, I'll just backtrack for a second to let you guys know that we're at $1,778 with this restoration. I'm very happy with it. I'm very excited to see what we're going to be doing next. Uh, we do have to check the shocks and struts, and I do want to do a checkup on my motor mounts just to make sure everything is good. And I fibbed on the next thing that has to get done. That is the donut gasket for the exhaust, and I uh, keep forgetting this. Be and I remember it just about every single time I get under my car. One of the one of the welded spots that holds my muffler in place has broken off, so my muffler and tailpipe are rattling, causing road noise. So. Even though I'm going to fat mat and boom mat the inside of my car to help with outside noises, those noises are usually there to tell you something important about what is going on with your vehicle. So if you hear rattling under your car, if you hear jangling or high-pitched squeals or things like that, I know, again, it's embarrassing to go to a mechanic or an auto mechanic friend and say, hey, this is what my car is doing you still need to be able to know what cars your sound is make what sound your car is making hello everybody drink um <laughs> uh, so you know uh how to describe it and you can kind of pinpoint where those sounds those leaks those noises are coming from with um now with the exhaust rattling it it can cause it can also cause some shuddering under the car and you can think that there's a much bigger issue going on than what there actually is no there is not uh or well sometimes no there's not sometimes yes there is it just depends that's why you look for where those sounds are coming from so with repairing the exhaust uh i have to make a decision on if i'm just going to do a quick repair for now or if i'm going to completely redo my exhaust because again, this is a V6 Mustang. It is not a GT. It is not a manual. It is not a Cobra. It is, you know, it's not, it's not the greatest by any means. It is a car that I am restoring so I can learn about vehicles and know a little bit more and be able to take care of my vehicle better. And so I just, um, yeah, that, that's where I'm at with that. I just completely lost my train of thought again. I'm so sorry, guys. So, um, but yeah, the sounds, you that's what you want to look for. You want to pinpoint those sounds and those noises to see if it's something to where, like, maybe a plastic bag caught, caught under your car or to where it's maybe something more important and needs to go to a mechanic shop a mechanic shop more immediately there we go um and with that uh let me see where we're at on time we're at 27 minutes so we're doing good on time tonight um i don't know about you guys but i'm like unusually tired today i don't know if it's the weather or what but i am just i'm tired so, up next, do, 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 uh, what was something I, oh, nope, nope, not talking about that yet. That might be a surprise for later. Oh, 
The other thing I want to do to my car is on my fuel door, I want to change it out to a black billet uh, fuel door just to kind of enhance those black accents. And I might also be doing something around the wheel wells to make them look a little beefier. Um, again, it's a V6. She's going to show up. Uh, she She's going to glow pretty. Uh, but as far as the engine, you know, as long as it's practical and it's and it's serving a good purpose and it's helping with fuel mileage, that's what I'm going to do to help the engine. But I'm not going to do anything as far as like extreme, like add NOS or whatever. <laughs> I'm just here to to talk to you about my journey and help you guys finding issues with your car. Uh, in two episodes or no, one episode, I might have said this last time, but one episode from now, uh, I'll have hopefully have my dad talk back on here to discuss the types of tire treads and the type of tires that are best for the vehicle you have, be it a truck, be it a half ton, be it a coupe, a sports vehicle, whatever. I wanna talk about tire tread and tires and how that helps or hurts your gas mileage, how it helps or hurts the overall alignment and drive of your vehicle, um, why the size of your rims and everything matter when it comes to uh, changing the wheels out on a vehicle with new tires. Uh, so hopefully he can either educate me on that or he can, he can join me on here and we can discuss that further. Um, the other thing, let's see, what was going to be the other thing? fuses I still haven't done the fuses on my car that is the other thing when I go to get that kit for the power steering pump I will also get the new fuses to put in I've got to take a picture and I'm going to retest every single fuse because even though uh, fuses aren't that big of a deal you want to test them routinely about once a year make sure they're all doing good if there's any corrosion on the ones under the under the hood of your engine bay Oh, hi, Kat. Thank you for chewing on something while I'm live on Facebook. That's greatly appreciated. Cupcake, stop it. Cupcake, no. If I disappear, it's to go stop my cat because she always manages to find a random piece of plastic. I don't even know how she does this. It's her magic trick. Anyway, so uh, what I was saying was I want to check every single fuse. I have already checked the fuses under the hood those fuses and the um, the other things that go with the fuses under the hood are good but the fuses under the steering wheel depending on your car it's either under your steering wheel or it's in the glove box in your car or up under the passenger side um, so you want to get a, a tester and test each of those fuses out and make sure they're good and if they're not Take that fuse, take it to AutoZone, you know, find the exact replacement and just change it out. That is a very simple fix most of the time. If you have fuses that you plug them in and they're still not getting power, you have an electrical problem that you need to uh, look at the wires to see if maybe an animal has chewed through a wire or if a wire has come di become disconnected somewhere else, either in the engine bay or inside of the dash. Now, for me, I am not entirely comfortable with working with things inside the dash. I don't know enough about electrical things to make them look neat and clean and, and help them <laughs> reach their full potential when going into the grid of your car or 
connecting with the computer in your car. But that is part of this, that is part of me learning. And as I learn that, I will discuss that on here. But as, of, as for right now, am I comfortable doing that work if a wire is messed up? No, not yet. I do not feel comfortable yet. Will I eventually hope, I'm hoping so, because I am not getting bored with working on my car. Um, you know, we all have those times where we're like, oh my gosh, this is my new favorite hobby. And then after three months or three weeks or three days, you're like, okay, that was fun, but I'm ready to move on to something else. That is not the case with getting back into automotive things with me. I am loving it every step of the way. I am loving learning about everything from working on the front end, working on the engine, working on the automotive detailing and the customization. I am just loving all of it. Um, the other thing <laughs> that I forgot to mention, uh, I, I still can't believe this happened. So, uh, this is one of those do as I say and not as I do moments, but I had enough of a serpentine belt on my car to go run and do some papers for my son's school the other day. And I, my windshield wiper fluid is not coming out. So I have to figure out what's going on there. The reservoir is full, both tubes are connected, but it's still not projecting it onto my windshield to clean my windshield. So I thought, oh, I should be safe enough to go through a drive through car wash because I'm letting the car wash pull the, uh, the clear coat off of my rear spoiler. I'm going through this car wash and a brush, I guess, I don't, I, the car wash and me, we're still not quite sure how this even occurred, but it pulled my driver's side mirror completely off of my car and just left it hanging there. And so I just, you know, if you think that I'm going to drag this car wash, you are sorely mistaken. I just want to say thank you so much to them for helping me out because it was kind of distressful but they were like we're so sorry we're gonna help out with this um you know we'll get this taken care of for you so thank you to buffett car wash um they're one of uh i have never had that issue before the brush i guess had gotten stuck and they fixed it since then and um so i am so happy and i'm so appreciative of them because when i'm in a rush and i need to wash my car and i don't have time to do the full detail and the full scope like what i want i'm still recommending these guys because they have just uh they have never disappointed me thus far so please if you need a quick car wash go to buffett wash in McAllister. I highly recommend them. Their products are good. They use a lot of the same products I use here at home when I'm detailing my car myself. And so that is uh, over, uh, oh, I forgot the name of the street it's on. Oh no, I think it's Wyandot. I think it's Wyandot. Wyandot, maybe. Anyway, it's up above, it's up over near Walmart in McAllister. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll tag them in this or something, but thank you again to Buffett for helping me out. I really, really appreciate it. Um, thank you for, for making things right. That's an honest company 
and I respect when companies are honest and uh, they help you out. So, um, moving on to the next thing, let me see where we're at with time because we got to do our our fin finalities for the evening. We are going to do our 365 days of motoring to talk about what happened on this day in history. Uh, do, 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 do. My phone is right where the search bar needs to be. There we are. Okay. And my room is messy, so let's just remember that nobody is perfect, okay? My room is very messy. So, on this day in history, August 12th, 1901, 119 years ago, the locomobile steamer vehicle, uh, ah, it's opening, hang on, let's scoot you out of the way just a little bit, okay, Charles A. Yaunt and W.B. Felker driving in 1899, a locomobile steamer completed the first descent to Summit Pikes Peak by an automobile in Colorado. Climbing 14,110 feet to the top was quite a feat for the little two-cylinder two steamer. This trip took just over nine hours and was accomplished by pushing as well as driving the motor car. Peak is well known because of its commanding location and easy accessibility, and the view from the summit is said to have inspired the song America the Beautiful. Today, an ascent to the top is made easy by a graded toll road. Yeah, about that. I went to Pikes Peak back in October, and we got three-fourths of the way up, and then your bus the rest of the way up, and the, the bus driver drove like he was driving the Autobahn, and it scared the living daylights out of me, but he knew what he was doing. I did not know what he was doing, so I trusted him with my life and my child's life, and he got us up there and back down in one piece, so kudos to that guy. Uh, let's see, the next thing on this day in history, 1905, I'm scooching you a little bit more, 1905, the first Chelsea Walsh Speed Hill Climb event in Worcestershire, Worcestershire was won by British driver Ernest Stone, who established the hill record by posting a time of 77.6 seconds for an average speed of 26.15 miles per hour in his 35 BHP Daimler, Daimler, Daimler. The course was 992 yards in length, but in 1907 it was standardized at 1,000 yards. <laughs> the length it remains today. In 1908, Henry Ford's Model T, affectionately known as the Tin Lizzie, rolled off the assembly line in Detroit, Michigan. The Model T revolutionized the motor industry by providing an affordable, reliable car for the average American. Ford was able to keep the price down by retaining control of all raw materials as well as through his use of new mass production methods. So, 112 years ago. And we are going to jump a little bit. 1979, Alan Jones won the Austrian Grand Prix for Williams with Jacques Villeneuve, Ferrari second, and Jacques Lafitte third in, uh, with a, I'm going to mess this name up, I'm so sorry guys, Ligier. As Austria is high up in the Austrian mountains, the Renault Turbo had an advantage and the Rene Arnault was 
was on pole position with Alan Jones second. Then came Jean-Pierre Jaboli with Renault and Nicky Lauda in the fastest of the two Brabham Alpha Romeos. There we are. Now, 1985, Manfred Winklehawk, 33, was killed when he crashed his heavily at turn crashed heavily at turn two at Motorsport Park of Bowman near Toronto, Ontario, Canada, during the Budweiser 1000 kilometer World Endurance Championship event. He was driving a Porsche 962C for Kramer Racing with co-driver Mark Schur. 1988, Francis Ford Coppola's critically, critically acclaimed biopic, Tucker, the Man in His Dream premiered in U.S. theater starring Jeff Bridges as the brash Chicago businessman turned car designer, Preston Tucker, who shook up the 1940s era Detroit with his streamlined affordable car of tomorrow. 1990, Belgian driver Thierry Boutsen, driving a Williams F FW13B took his third and final Grand Prix win in Hungary after leading the entire race. Italian driver Alessandro Nanini driving a bin, a Benetton, Benetton, there we go, Benetton B190 challenged for a while before being eliminated in a collision with Brazilian driver Ayrton Senna. Senna driving a McLaren MP45B survived the incident and finished inches behind Bootsen with the Brazilian with Brazilian three-time world champion Nelson Piquet driving a Benetton B190 finishing third. And now, most recently, 2018, rider Shigeru Yamashita with an unofficial team of Kawasaki employee Employees known as Team 38 set a 202.743 miles per hour or 326.28 kilometers an hour speed record on a street legal Kawasaki Ninja H2 in the Southern California Timing Association SCTA P-PB1000 class for under for under 1,000 cc displacement production supercharged motorcycles with limited modifications at the Bonneville Speedway. Three days later, he broke his own record with a new speed of 209.442 miles per hour, that is 337.06 kilometers an hour. Very cool, very cool. Now, let me check where we are on time. We're at 42 minutes. So, uh, a little life experience for you guys and a little tribute to someone I lost quite recently. Um, not yesterday, but the Monday before. Um, I was... Uh, I had been helping staying at my grandparents and everything, and my grandfather left this earth very peacefully, uh, surrounded by family and loved ones. Uh, that is why, for now, if I have an even more... We'll see what happens. Um, I really miss him. He was my papa's eye. Uh, he called me his Papa Buddy. He called all of us Papa Buddy. 
he uh, always took me on walkabouts. He was the one to teach me how to drive a standard truck, and I totally didn't run over a tree with his Chevy Love. <laughs> um, I miss him so very much, and I, I just wish he was here a little longer with us. I know he's not hurting, and I know that I'll see him again someday. So, with that being said, I'm going to tell you a story about, <laughs> I'm going to share with you a story about when I was little, and um, I hope you get a good chuckle out of it. For those of us who have grown up on farms or around farms, you know the rule, if you, if you kill it, you eat it. We don't let anything go to waste, right? So... <laughs> I was about nine or ten years old and I just wanted McDonald's. I wanted a Happy Meal. I wanted chicken nuggets. Oh, I wanted chicken nuggets. And I kept telling Papa, when's me walking home? Can we get McDonald's? I want chicken nuggets. Da 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 da. Blah blah blah. Yeah. It went on all day. So finally he goes, You know what? You want your chicken nuggets? I go, Yeah. He goes, Okay, I'll be right back. And I thought, What's he doing? Because he grabbed a pistol. And he's walking out the door. He's not getting in the car. He didn't grab keys. He grabbed a pistol. Well, we had chickens that we showed. And we had chickens that we, you know, we used for eggs and, and everything like that. <laughs> and we also had some roosters that were extremely, extremely mean. And they would get really violent. And so, one way, one reason or another, they would have to get picked off. Uh, either for chicken and dumplings or, you know separated from the rest of the the chickens because they were being harmful to the rest of the flock so he goes out there and I hear pop and he comes back he's got this rooster by the feet he shot it he goes I got your chicken nuggets are you ready to eat them and I was just like yeah because I I didn't think anything about helping to to clean and defeather a chicken and but as he's walking up he also goes he and it was the meanest one. He always manages, managed to get the meanest ones that were causing the most problems. And after a while, I started to think, he's got this planned out. I'm pretty sure he's got this planned out. <laughs> but uh, he's coming up with that rooster asking me if I'm ready. And I, I'm still kind of, like, in shock that he, he killed it, though. And he goes, because it was a mean one. Like, it had, like, it had, like, attacked me, like, they have the claws, and they can get you with their claws and everything, or whatever they're called, and, um, <laughs> he holds up that rooster, and he goes, trust me, this one had it coming, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so that's still one of my most favorite stories about him, but he was, he was the one that got me into history, he was the one that taught me how to be careful when we took hikes, how to, before you step down to, like if you're stepping down rocks on a hiking trail, that you have a stick and you poke down there to make sure that there's not any snakes or anything hiding. He introduced me into uh, the basics of woodworking and sawing and, and building things for yourself before going out and buying them. And I, I cherish that information so much, and that's 
something that I really appreciate as a family. I appreciate being able to work on things with my son and my father is um, helping to learn about cars, uh, building things from scratch, uh, learning about how to care for animals so you have a more sustainable life at home so you don't have to buy as much from the grocery store. Now, with that being said, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it it's always sounds glamorous to people in a way to have your own farms and to work on your own vehicles and things, but that is part of why I have the show is to discuss the reality of um, is it more realistic for you to buy the equipment to make things yourself or is it worth it to go to a professional and have these things done for your car or for food or for clothing? Um, I hope, in a way that my grandfather taught me, I hope that I'm able to purvey on here the idea of, of getting you to slow down and really think about what your money goes towards for yourself, for your family, and for your life. Um, so I hope that, I hope I do right by him when I discuss these things on here. Um, because he, him and my father were too big, are too, are too big role models in helping me discover uh, how much I love working on cars and why I love wood burning as a side business and why I love uh, learning and doing jobs right the first time. And also, he, he was a huge inspiration for me to get my degree in history. You know, he talked to me about uh, women's rights and the privilege it is to get an education. And so I hope I honor him I'm not going to cry. I might cry. <laughs> I miss him. I love him. I love my Mimo. And um, we're going to keep having fun with this page. We're going to keep enjoying the journeys that my car keeps putting me through. <laughs> I kind of want to put a sign out in front of it for the headlights of the car to stare at that says thou shalt not test me because boy does it like to test me but again that is part of the learning that is part of why you do things right the first time the other story <laughs> I'm gonna tell you about with my grandpa was he had been working on a project and he had cut his thumb on a saw he got an advantage up and everything well <laughs> We go out to his house a few days later, and he's got that bandaged thumb, and he's got his, I, I, I'm doing this for a visual on Facebook, but I'll tell you guys for the podcast, he has his thumb way out, you know, over here, and then on this side, he's got a can of WD-40, he's got a little fire going out in the field, and he's burning something, I don't know what it was, he's burning something, and he's spraying the WD-40 to get it to ignite more, and while he's got his thumb hung out, that he literally just sliced you know, pretty badly, he's going, all right, y'all, now y'all don't do what I do, okay? Y'all are never supposed to do this. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, he was also very much the do as I say, not as I do, which is also, again, I learned from my mistake. 
message received karma with getting my side rear mirror. Well, that wasn't my fault, but I probably shouldn't have been driving my car. Anyway, it's going to get fixed. Things are going to be good. I hope you enjoyed that story about my grandpa. It, it still cracks me up. I just remember I was, I think I was in the third or fourth grade, and I run up and I just stopped dead in my tracks because here's my grandpa with a very freshly injured hand spraying WD-40 on a fire. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe I'll add that to my motto, do as I say, not as I do. But in closing, I'm going to leave you guys with a quote that he told me that he would always tell me. Actually, I'm going to leave you with two. I'm going to leave you with two quotes that my grandpa would always tell me. It ain't what you make, it's what you manage. And what he meant by that was, it didn't matter if you had the nicest of cars or the unnicest of cars. It's what you did, did to take care of those things and make them last and make them be sustainable for as long as possible. And the same goes for relationships, be it work, personal, friends, family. What you make with them will last depending on how you manage them. And lastly, I was prepared for a kind of stereotypical quote from him a few uh, last month but he surprised me he said he said Julie you know when the going gets tough and, I, and my, I started to finish the rest for him the tough get going but he, ke he kept talking and he said when the going gets tough the tough learn from it the sorry the tough become wiser, they learn from it, and just do better. So, the going is tough right now. I know that COVID has been, has been on a lot of people's minds. It is still very prevalent here in the U.S. right now. I ask you to continue to thank the essential workers. I ask you to manage what you've made. I ask you to thank the doctors, the nurses, the semi-truck drivers, the teachers, our school districts for trying to make this as manageable as possible for all of us. If your state government is doing a good job, let them know. If your state government is doing a bad job, let them know. I try not to get political, but I wouldn't be my grandfather's granddaughter if I didn't get a little bit once in a while. <laughs> be well. Stay hydrated. Check your oil. Change your oil. Rotate those tires. I'm pretty sure I left off like half of a sentence a little bit back there, but I'm tired. So I'm going to get off here. Stay hydrated. Wash your hands. Check your oil. Change your oil. Rotate those tires. Uh, 
check in on your loved ones, stay home if you don't have to be out, and um, hopefully this will be over soon, but yeah, want you guys to have a good night, and I can't wait to show you what I have in store next with my next episode. Um, it might be two days from now, it might be two weeks from now. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. Also, if you haven't already, check out my website, julianiman.com. You can donate at julianiman.com slash donate to help keep the page running. If you're looking for an air test quality uh, kit for your home, go to Awesome Affiliates under the home button. There's a drop down. And you can click on that and you can purchase a air test quality kit for your home to see if there is any uh, dangerous mold or any other type of spores that are growing in your home that could be harmful to your lungs. Because we really need those right now. Um, and then in the upcoming months I'll be updating my wood burning and my tattoo tickets being as I will not be able to do vendor shows this year being immune compromised. Uh, I cannot be out in the public very often, and I miss that so extremely much. I am quite the social butterfly, but for now I will have to accept doing everything online. So thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, to in contributing to helping me grow this, be it a donation, be it sharing my website, sharing my podcast. However you do it, thank you for whatever help you give me and thank you for listening you can catch this pod this recording on my podcast julian the red on our website and on spotify and i believe i'll also be getting added to apple music and google uh not entirely sure yet but as soon as i know i will give you guys an update thank you again this is julie julian the red jeep girl y'all have a great night